I'm Tracy Borman, and I love the Tudors Dynasty podcast. Welcome to episode 100. I'm your host, Rebecca Larson, and I have been lucky enough to share with you the stories of those who lived centuries ago, as well as interview some pretty amazing people along the way. Now, this episode is unlike any episode I've ever done before. I'm not necessarily doing an interview. I'm not doing Ask the Expert, and I don't have a brief bio. So if that's what you came looking for, you're going to be disappointed. But what I do have is an amazing collection of previous and some new guests who all answer the same questions. Now, you see, I decided episode 100 needed to be something big, something different. And so I invited all of these people back to answer, first and foremost... How has history shaped or influenced you? That is the big one. I also asked them two other questions to kind of catch them off guard a little bit and have some fun while talking about history. I really hope you enjoy what I did here. And thank you so much for following the show. I do real quick have to say that I have a couple patrons that I need to thank since the last episode. Marie Eve G. Chelsea C. Emily S, Melissa H, and Johnny T. Thank you so much, you guys, for becoming patrons. A full list of patrons can be found at TudorsDynastyPodcast.com. Thank you so much for all of your support. And just a quick recap from the last episode. All patrons this month get their name put in a drawing to win Allison Weir's new book, The Scandalous Queen. And all patrons who are interested now get a copy of both Jane the Queen and Path to Somerset by the amazingly talented Janet Wortman. Two free ebooks to all of my patrons this month. So let's step back in time a bit. Back in February 2017, I finally decided to start the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. I was terrified, I was nervous. And little did I know what the podcast would become, because back then the idea that I had was just to do a few episodes. I'll just do a few episodes about specific subjects, and we'll call it good, because nobody's probably going to like it. Little did I know how it would take off, and I have been blown away by the feedback that I've received over the years, by the support that I've received by so many of you over the years. I can't even tell you how the 2017 version of me feels. So thank you so much for listening to the show. I thought it would be fun because it's been so long now. We're coming up on the fourth year um, in February. Let's take a step back in time and listen to just a little bit of the first episode and see how bad it really was. so much for joining me today as we look at the timeline of the Tudor dynasty. This journey will take several podcasts as their reign lasted 118 years. Today, we'll start from the beginning. All I can say is, wow. (laughs) Okay, let's get on with the fun. I had the privilege of speaking with nearly 20 historians and authors these last two weeks and really had a blast doing so. So let's take a listen. Hello, I'm Matt Lewis. I'm an author and historian. I'm delighted to be here for episode 100 of the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. How has history shaped or influenced you? 
I think probably primarily I get to do something that I enjoy and that I'm passionate about. And that makes a big difference in your life, you know, just in where you are, being in a happy place, a good place, enjoying what you have to do with your time. But I think it also, at the same time, it probably makes me a more cynical person, but a more empathetic person as well. I think you become cynical because you see, as you study all these various people and events in history, it's so easy to see the layers that exist in all of these things that happen. So fake news and propaganda and spin doctors are nothing new. They've been around for, for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And I think what history does is equip you to look a little bit deeper into these things that are going on. So I guess it makes you more cynical. But at the same time, it probably makes you more empathetic in that you you study why and how people make decisions with hindsight so you get to see all of the other things that are going on around them that are probably impacting their decisions so their professional lives their personal lives their families' lives and you get to see how all of those things can play into any given moment in history so decisions that people make i think are rarely ever about one single thing or one single moment in time everyone has all these multiple pulls on them that that feed into any of these decisions and i think that helps you to be a little bit more understanding about the things that other people might be going through at any given point in time that impact their decisions my name's tracy borman and i'm an author and historian specializing in the tudor period i'm also joint chief curator of historic royal palaces and chief executive of the heritage education trust so history has had a huge influence on my life. I mean, it was a, it's been a lifelong passion, really. From when I was very small, I always loved anything to do with the past. And that has stayed with me. So I feel incredibly lucky to be working in my passion, um, which is just so wonderful. And I think what I love about history, apart from my natural fascination for all things and all people in the past, is that it's it offers me security it offers a refuge i mean the in this ever changing and increasingly turbulent world i i really do take refuge in the past and i you know you know where you st- you stand with history on the whole but also you can look for how people have coped with things in the past um human nature doesn't change and so i think there are some real lessons to be learned from history and, and i have absolutely gained from that Now, this was one of my favorite questions to ask all of the guests. It was, if you were to plan your wedding again or plan it for the first time, which historical figure would you trust to be your maid of honor or best man and why? This really was my favorite one to ask. And you'll find out why after you hear Matthew Lewis's answer. Oh, awesome. Uh, I've already married my wife twice. So we renewed our vows a few years ago. Um, Who would I want to be my best man? I think Edward the Fourth would be good fun, but I'm not sure I'd like him in charge of my stag do. Um, I think that would get a little bit raucous and you're liable to wake up on a train somewhere in mid-Europe. Um, so I'm not sure I'd trust him to be best man. Um, Richard, Duke of York, I think an incredibly conscientious man. I think you get a very sober best man out of him. He definitely wouldn't forget the ring um, and I don't think there'd be any foul play on the stag do either. So I'd go for Richard Duke of York. Although I'm not sure my wife would because I constantly tell everyone that he's my historical man crush. So I'm not sure she'd want him next to me at the altar. I have to agree with Matthew Lewis. I think Edward IV would be a horrible best man. 
Let's take a quick listen into Tracy Borman's answer to the same question. Tracy, if you were to plan your wedding again, which historical figure would you trust to be your maid of honor and why? That's such a great question. It has to be Anne of Cleves, the most sensible of the six wives. I love Anne. I make no secret about that. Um, she didn't kick up a fuss when Henry wanted an annulment. She knew just what to do um, for a quiet and very prosperous life. She was a pragmatist, and I love that. So who better as your kind of wingman or wingwoman uh, on the day of your wedding than that? If you could swap places with one historical figure, male or female, just for a day, who would it be? Or just for a day. Oh, gosh, that's another really good one. I mean, I'm so tempted to say the likes of Thomas Cromwell or, or Anne Boleyn, except for the 19th of May, 1536. Wouldn't have wanted to have been in her shoes then. But, you know, I'm going to go for Elizabeth I because she is my all-time historical heroine. And I think spending a day in Elizabeth's shoes in her heyday. So either, I think, you know, the 1570s or actually the later 1580s where she's defeated the Armada, She's established this cult of being the Virgin Queen and Gloriana. The whole court worships her. And I would just like to try that out for a day. You know, I'm writing about Thomas Beckett a fair bit at the moment. And he's such a difficult man to understand the transformation that he underwent when he becomes Archbishop of Canterbury. So I've been trying. I mean, this morning I was literally writing about what might have fed into that change and what might have led him to to transform from this kind of worldly figure at the height of England's government under Henry II into this pious man who was willing to oppose the king to the point of having his brains dashed out on on the floor of Canterbury Cathedral. So I definitely wouldn't want to be in for that day. Um, I'm not sure I would be as brave as Thomas was facing up to having the top of my head sliced off. But to be in his shoes for one day, just to get an understanding of why he did the things he did and how he came to that transformation, I think that would be interesting. It would answer a lot of questions for me and it would make my job of writing tomorrow easier. Now, the next pair we have, you might recognize them from some of your favorite books. Oh, my name is Margaret George and I am a historical novelist. Hello, my name is Gareth Russell. I'm- historian and the author of several books, including Young and Damned and Fair, a biography of Henry VIII's fifth wife, Queen Catherine Howard. How has history shaped or influenced you? History, I think, uh, became a passion of mine through Sunday school, oddly. I was sort of um, obsessed with stories of the Bible, and I vaguely remember having a preference for the Old Testament over the New they were more dramatic. And then I grew up in Belfast and I was lucky enough that my great grandparents were still alive and they could remember seeing uh, the Titanic and the impact of the First World War and then later in the Second World War, the, the Nazi uh, blitz on Belfast. So I sort of grew up with history and just don't ever remember a time where it wasn't shaping my imagination, my sense of inquisitiveness, and really, I think, fundamentally kind of molding my mind. It it teaches you to see threads in the world of 
how society and individuals are shaped both by themselves and by things that happened long before they were born. I just, it's, to be uh, involved with history, I think, is to ha- to kind of have a love affair with humanity and with the story of humanity. So it has been um, a wonderful companion and influence in my life. So about history, uh, how, how has history influenced me? Uh, interesting question that you asked because... For one thing, I think part of it was that my father was in the Foreign Service. I've always been fascinated by history uh, from a time I was a little kid, but probably the reason for that is that when I was seven, eight, and nine, my father was stationed in Israel. And of course, that was like, you know, the epicenter of ancient things, ruins, stories, Uh, our own history, and my school that I went to, which was uh, actually, of all things, a Scottish Presbyterian school (laughs) that had had been there since 1860s in Jaffa. And uh, we were studying the ancient world, and we studied about, uh, you know, Mesopotamia and Egypt, and my father, being in the embassy, was able to concoct some sort of reason why he needed to go visit the embassy in Cairo. So when I was nine, my father took me to Egypt, and we, uh, I indulged all of my, you know, interests and fantasies in all these ancient statues and pyramids and so on, and I just never really lost my fascination with history. All right, you two, if you were to plan a wedding, which historical figure would you trust to be your maid of honor or your best man and why? Wow. (laughs) You got to give me a minute to think here. If if I went gender neutral, um, it would be Anne Boleyn. I think she could organize a pretty fantastic party. And I don't think she would have any... (laughs) um, patience with the more difficult guests and and um organizing anything if i went for best man oh that is a tough one if i probably if i was or, like thinking of the stag do it would probably be edward the fourth although i feel like that could get really out of control so yeah maybe edward the fourth which is odd because i don't usually pick yorkists to be my maid of honor um Oh, let's see. Well, it wouldn't be Helen of Troy. You would never want Helen of Troy to be your bridesmaid. Maybe Mary, Queen of Scots, just because she was romantic and and she would have made a good bridesmaid. And uh, I think she she certainly got married enough. (laughs) And she would have been a very, very becoming and pretty bridesmaid. She would lend the uh, great atmosphere to it, I think. If you could swap places with one historical figure, male or female, just for a day, who would it be? That is interesting. Potentially, um, it's outside my wheelhouse. If I potentially Cleopatra, the seventh, or Hatshepsut, or a pharaoh in general, I'm just fascinated by ancient Egypt, and I would love to see what it looked like. yeah, I think that would probably be it. Maybe um, Jay Bruce Ismay or or someone who who enjoyed you know, the Olympic rather than the Titanic. But yeah, I think a pharaoh. I think a pharaoh would be the answer. Mm, you know, as odd as this sounds, I think I would I would choose Francis Drake. <laughs> 
I think I would choose Sir Francis Drake. He had so many outdoor adventures and he was so, um, you know, he was, he was such a wanderer. He was so much the opposite of me that he couldn't uh, ever be a homebody. I'm kind of a homebody. But when he was forced to retire because of, you know, age and politics, and he went back to his nice cushy house in that he had set up with all of his loot and his wife was eager to have him back at long last. And, you know, he just couldn't last in retirement. He had to get right back out there and start chasing the Spanish again. So I said, he, I would like to see what it's like to be so different from myself and have a few interesting adventures along the way. My next two guests are no strangers to the camera or the microphone. Hello, I'm Nathan Amin, and I'm an author from West Wales in the UK. Hi, everybody. My name is Julie Montague, otherwise known as a very long title of Viscountess Hinchingbrook, and I'm the royal commentator uh, for BBC and for other networks. So how has history shaped me? History has given me a purpose in life, um, something really to get out of bed for. Uh, we all have our hobbies and our interests as we get older. But I'm guessing, you know, once you get into your 20s, into your 30s, you start to really focus on one aspect of your life more than others. And for me, that is history. It's an outlet for creativity, uh, a way to create something that I can be proud of, that I can make others proud of, to put something out there in the world, um, I guess, that make, that stands me apart from other people. You could say history history shaped me by opening doors to new people, new experiences. I've created friendships on a global scale. I've visited places I could never have dreamt of and interacted with people who, from my upbringing and my background, I perhaps otherwise wouldn't have ever encountered. And history has really shaped me uh, quite a bit because of the family that I married into, which is one of the oldest aristocratic families uh, here in England. So it's the sandwich family. Yes, the sandwich that we eat uh, was named after the uh, the fourth Earl of Sandwich. But the dynasty uh, started, obviously, with the first Earl of Sandwich, who brought Charles II back from exile for the restoration of the monarchy in the mid-1600s. And that is uh, that was Edward Montague. And as you heard, my last name is Montague. And so uh, for me, history and learning about the family that I married into is, um, is fascinating and, all, and, and magnificent and enthralling. And I learned something new pretty much I would say almost every single week um, by from marrying into this family. So I think that this history that I married into has not only shaped me to want to know more about England's rich, rich history and England's illustrious past, but also to make sure that I can pass this information and this history, really, this rich history onto my children. If you were to plan your wedding again or plan it for the first time, which historical figure would you trust to be your maid of honor or best man and why? Uh, that's an easy one. It would be Thomas Beaufort, the Duke of Exeter. Uh, the reason why, uh, as anyone who has read my book, The House of Beaufort, will know, Thomas Beaufort was a was an incredible man, a man of utmost loyalty, 
uh, a figure who excelled himself at everything, at every task he was given, he excelled himself at it. This was an incredible man, a loyal man, and a very, very um, devout and pious figure who had a key eye for charity. So it would definitely be Thomas Beaufort. Okay, so if I were to have my wedding again, which historical figure would I have to be my maid of honor and why? Okay, I would have to say Elizabeth I. I mean, I'm going to go I'm going to go with the queen here. So I am going to say Queen Elizabeth I and not just because this is the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. I'm actually really obsessed uh in learning more and more about Queen Elizabeth I. When I when I was on my when I was filming my TV series um An American Aristocrat's Guide to Great Estates, we went to Sudley Castle and uh, which is this magnificent castle in Gloucestershire and Queen Elizabeth I held a three-day party there, literally an all-nighter three-day party. And I was able to do an archaeological dig um, with a group that was there because they found uh, really the Tudor part of where the party happened. And I, I swear I did dig up a chicken bone from that period. I mean, she, anyway, <laughs> I'm sure I probably didn't, but I pretended like I did. At least I thought it was. But I'm quite fascinated with Queen Elizabeth I because I think she was uh, quite uh, she was a, quite a strict and stern queen but then on the flip side she liked to have a good time if you could swap places with one historical figure male or female just for a day who would it be uh, that would be Henry VIII because I think I probably have some latent tyrannical characteristics in myself and I think it would be fantastic just to have complete and absolute power even just for one day you know as the tv series says you know it's good to be king so if I could swap places with one historical figure for a day who would it be okay so I think Probably I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to go with um, Thomas Chippendale and I'm going to go with Thomas Chippendale because uh, I, there's the family that I married into, they've got a few pieces of Chippendale furniture, but obviously his, his furniture is, you know, some of the uh, most well-known, but the best in the world, the craftsmanship, the, the, the handiwork. And I would love to swap with him and be in his studio for a day and be him and, you know, create this, these just elaborate pieces of furniture and sort of get in his mind on how he, how he did it all. And, and this furniture now is, you know, it is the Chippendale furniture. So I think Thomas Chippendale, the, the, um, uh, yeah, the furniture maker is definitely who I would want to swap for a day. Up next, we have historian Leanda Delisle and author Tony Riches. How has history shaped or influenced you? Well, it's it's done more than shape my life. I suppose it sort of helps shape my worldview because it's about looking beyond what people just tell you, beyond the headlines uh, and asking questions, really, asking about whether you're being told the truth. It's about interrogating what you're told, whether it's in current affairs, uh, what's happening now or about the past. So I suppose it's made me, history has made me a very sort of questioning person. And also it's helped, I hope, make me a more empathetic person because one must 
uh, try and see people in the context of their life and times and not judge them always by our standards or how, how we might think or feel about something, but to ask how they would think and feel about something with the information they had and with their life experiences, which, of course, are different from ours. It's interesting how history has shaped my life because I was perfectly happy. I was a principal uh, director in the local authority in Cardiff, but I always felt that I should be uh, writing a book. I started writing a book in my spare time and it just wasn't working for me. So went back to my roots. I was actually born in Pembroke, which is, of course, where Henry VII was born. And there was a little sort of tableau of uh, Margaret Beaufort holding a, a child which looked to be about three years old, which was supposed to be the newborn Henry VII. And um, Margaret Beaufort, instead of being 14, she was looked about 30. And I thought, this is ridiculous, and I should do something about it. So I started researching uh, the story of Henry VII, not only did I immerse myself in the history of the early Tudors, uh, it changed my life because what happened was I risked everything. <laughs> I gave up a really well-paid job uh, and retired 10 years early and became a full-time writer, huge gamble, and uh, my wife was very understanding. And I'm now writing about... I've worked all the way through the continuous thread of the story of the Tudors, and I'm now writing about the Elizabethans and loving every minute of it. Okay, Leander, now for the most important question of the day. If you were to plan your wedding, which historical figure would you want as your maid of honour and why? I would have, gosh, well, I mean, it'd be, I'd have a, I'd be, it'd be tempting to have a very, very... Um, um, rather sort of a maid of honour who, who I, don't, I don't think would ever agree to be my maid of honour, but I'd love to have Charles I's wife, Henrietta Maria, as my maid of honour, uh, because I know that she would be great fun. Uh, she had wonderful taste. She loved um, clothes. She loved gardens. So the flowers at the wedding would be beautiful. She loved uh, uh, amusing companionship. So I know all her friends would be fun and uh, that she would be she would be a fun person to have as my maid of honour. And also she was extremely loyal. She was an extremely loyal and loving friend. OK, Tony, how about you? Who would you cast as your historical best man in your wedding? Oh, that's an easy one. I'm just so impressed by the loyalty of Jasper Tudor that I, I studied his life in great detail and I went and visited the remote chateau at um, Jocelyn in Brittany where he was held prisoner. He went there on exile, but he was effectively imprisoned there. And I really felt quite close to him. But he dedicated his life to supporting Henry Tudor and helping him become king. And I can't think of a better person, quite frankly. If you could swap places with one historical figure, male or female, just for a day... Who would it be? <laughs> That's an interesting one. Uh, well, I, I sail and I've, I've just written a book about Francis Drake sailing around the world. And uh, I would love to do that. I went and visited the Golden Hind replica ship on the Thames in London. And it's only 150 feet long. And he sailed that little ship around the world 
and um, I'd love to follow in his footsteps. And in fact, the replica has sailed further than Drake did, so it's actually doable. Um, but I don't know if I'd fancy all the weevils in the ship's biscuits and that kind of thing. And how about you, Leander? Who would you swap with? I think perhaps I would swap places with um, Catherine of Aragon at the time when Henry VIII uh, was asking her for an annulment um, and rather saying no to him, um, I think I would agree. I would agree to it. It would make my daughter's life a lot easier and happier than it was going to turn out to be. It would avoid, have avoided a lot of, um, a lot of suffering, I think, um, a lot of death and a lot of suffering uh, that came uh, with the uh, break with uh, Rome um, and, and, and wrecked on England and indeed on, on those she loved most. And now we've come to the second half of this episode, where I also ask the fun questions to people like Caroline Lloyd, Christine Morgan, Heather Darcy, Janet Wortman, Michelle Schindler, Philippa Vincent Connolly, Rose Rylette, Estelle Peronk, Adrienne Dillard, and Nicola Cornick. So sit back and get ready to have a good time. My name is Nicola Cornick and I'm an author and a historian who specialises in public history and also in writing dual-time novels with a Tudor and a present-day element to them. Hi, my name is Christine Morgan and I'm an historian in the United States. Hi, I'm Carol Ann Lloyd and I am a speaker, author and lover of history and Shakespeare. All right, ladies. Now the big question for you. If you were to plan your wedding, which historical figure would you want to be your maid of honor and why? <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Oh, that is fun. The first name that came into my head, though, was Jane Austen. She would just be so much fun, wouldn't she? She she gives the impression of being very organized and um, I, I would trust her to do, I would trust her to sort of keep everybody in order and make sure that the little children didn't fight or, or the dogs didn't eat the flowers or whatever, because I would have to have my dog at the wedding. Um, but at the same time, I think she'd be so much fun and she'd kind of keep you calm and she'd be making little comments about the, the guests and that kind of thing. So I, she would be, she would be my perfect choice my maid of honor see this is tricky because i when i deal with a lot of historic women i usually choose some that are you know really powerful um and really don't like it when other people are in their spotlight <laughs> um so maid of honor you know i think princess diana would actually make an excellent maid of honor I think that she would be calm, cool, collected. I think she would be really happy to give her friend the spotlight for a few hours. And I think she'd be really organized. I, I don't think that um, I don't think you'd get to the wedding day and there would be anything out of place. Okay, if I were to plan a wedding, I would have to say, and I know this sounds like a very surprising choice, but I would love to have Queen Elizabeth I be my maid of honor. Now, I realize she was not interested in marriage for herself. But one of the things I think Elizabeth learned through her life was to be a very insightful and strategic 
strategic receiver of information and analyzer of information and people. And I feel like if you could have that voice in your ear, someone who had the ability to really see clearly right to the heart of things, that would help you decide the guest list, decide the seating, who you wanted to sit by, who you wanted to invite. I just feel like her perception of people would be a great help in planning a wedding, even though she herself not so interested in being the bride. If you could swap places with one historical figure, male or female, just for a day, who would it be? Oh, that is so difficult. And only one. Oh, that's really unfair, isn't it? Um, Okay, so that I think would definitely have to be... Oh, it would have to be Elizabeth Stewart, um, Elizabeth of Bohemia. Um, I would, because I've been so deeply engrossed in her story and her connection to Ashdown, where I work, uh, for so many years, I just to see the world through her eyes, even if it was only for one day, I think um, would be um, would, would be fascinating. Uh, but of course, with with any of these people, you just have to try and restrain yourself from messing with the history wouldn't you it's like time it's like any time travel if you thought that if it happened to be the day when she'd made a particularly bad decision and you thought no 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 i know what's going to happen here i'll change all of this um but no i i would love to see the history that she experienced from her perspective i think would be absolutely fascinating oh that is that is so fascinating Um, So this would, I I guess I would have to say, I might be an unnamed person, but one of the times in history that I would love to visit, so I'm going to say I would like to be an attendant, though unnamed or unknown person right now of the lady, or I would always call her Princess Elizabeth, at the moment where that portrait is being painted of the family of Henry VIII, the one that hangs at Hampton Court Palace. And my favorite thing to do at Hampton Court Palace is stand in front of that portrait and look at Elizabeth as a young princess wearing that, I believe, A necklace of her mother. The the letter A looks like an A in the portrait. I've asked some of the curators at Hampton Court. I had this wonderful discussion with Professor Susanna Lipscomb about what we thought. Is that an A? We both think it is. But I think to be an attendant or someone who was there when she was making the decision, why is she wearing that necklace of her mother's in her father's family portrait? Did he know it? Did he object? I just would love to be part of the intrigue that went into that decision on her point and standing there being painted, wearing that, one of the just servants hanging out and watching that happen. So that's that's where I would love to be. That's a person I would change places with in a moment. I think for one day, if there was one day that was going to be just amazing, you know, you can't experience it with anyone else. It would be so interesting to maybe be Queen Victoria on her wedding day. Because not only is she really, really excited, she loves the person she's marrying, but 
Uh, you know, it's very public, and she's wearing the white dress. She's setting a fresh trend, so she's sort of going against the norm. It feels very rebellious, but at the same time, I love the idea of this huge moment that is sort of the culmination of this love story for her. So that's probably who I would switch places with for just one day. Up next, let's hear from historians Heather R. Darcy and Michelle Schindler, as well as author Janet Wortman. Heather, who would you have as your historical maid of honor? I would trust Jane Seymour, because I think that she would tell me if I was doing something stupid. Either her or obviously Anna of Cleves. I feel like those two, just thinking of women off the top of my head, would be like, hey, Heather, I don't know if those shoes are the best shoes or, hey, Heather, are you sure that that's a good idea? <laughs> like, But I don't I think that they would be very nice about it. Like, I'm concerned that, you know, Catherine had a very strong character and Anne Boleyn was known to be extraordinarily feisty at times, which is not necessarily a bad quality. But if you're already stressed out from getting married, I feel like that would not make them the best bridesmaids necessarily. And Catherine Howard's just too young. And Catherine Parr. I don't know if I'd want her in my bridal party, like not because I dislike her, but just because I'm not quite sure how she would fit in. So, yeah, I'd say Jane Seymour and Anne of Cleves. Those would be my my two picks for <laughs> historical bridesmaids. And now we travel to the homeland of my ancestors in Germany and ask historian Michelle Schindler the same question. Who would you have as your historical maid of honor? Alice Chaucer. I've just been writing and researching a lot about her, and uh, I would say her because she seemed to work very well with unexpected problems. Whatever happened, she always came out on top. So I would say she's somebody who you could trust to pull off your wedding, whatever happened. Oh, so my first thought is I'm like trying to figure out some sort of really buttoned up Tudor character. So I'm like thinking Kat Ashley was the first person who came to mind, (laughs) but I was like, no, I don't really need her to like um, keep any of my secrets, but she's like a a best friend. All right, Janet, if you could pick anyone other than the Seymours that you could be for a day, who would it be? I would be Anne Boleyn on the day she became Marquess of Pembroke because um, it would be so her coronation or anybody's coronation would be so Anne Boleyn's coronation would be a crappy day. I I know, I know I'm the Seymour person and I chose Anne Boleyn. I, I get it. But Jane didn't have one of those. She had a funeral and I really don't want to swap places with her for that day. <laughs> If you could swap places with one historical figure, male or female, just for a day, who would it be? Charles V, hands down. I would I would want to swap swap places with Charles V probably right around the mid 1550s, like a couple years before he passed away because he'd already done everything. He was trying to figure out how to divide up his kingdom between his brother Ferdinand, who became the next Holy Roman Emperor, and his son Philip II. And he'd spent his whole life at war, basically. I mean, or maybe not his whole life. That might be a little bit extreme, but he spent the majority of his life at war. It would be really interesting to be inside his brain and to remember what he remembered and feel what he felt at that time. What about you, Michelle? Napoleon. Just out of nowhere, Napoleon. But there's such a lot I've read about him. I I would love to know what it was like 
to be this very controversial and very powerful figure at such an intriguing moment in time with Europe first working together against him and him just being above all that certain that he's better than all of them. My name is Philippa Vincent Connolly and I'm a historian specialising in disability history. Hi, I'm presenter Rose Rylett. You can find my work at mybritishobsession.wordpress.com. I'm Adrienne Dillard, author of Corrado, a novel of Catherine Carey, and The Raven's Widow, a novel of Jane Boleyn. Hello, I'm Dr. Estelle Paronc, and I'm a historian and author specialised in Queens, and most specifically in Elizabeth I of England and Catherine de' Medici. All right, ladies, now the big question for you. If you were to plan your wedding, which historical figure would you want to be your maid of honor and why? Oh, gosh, that's a really unusual question. Um, it would have to be somebody um, reliable because you wouldn't want to be let down on your special day. Um, <laughs> gosh, just trying to think of somebody. <laughs> Do you know what? I actually think somebody like either Marilyn Monroe or um, um, one of the characters from a Jane Austen novel would be really, really good as a bridesmaid. Um, I think Marilyn would be great because I think she would have made a, a really good female friend. And she, I think she was the kind of person that would have made you feel really special on, on the day, even though you might assume that she'd want to take the limelight off you. And I think she would have been really caring and considerate and she would have liked to help you get dressed in your wedding dress and help you with your hair and your makeup. And, you know, but she wouldn't be silly, but she'd also be, be fun to be around. So, yeah, I think Marilyn Monroe would make a good, good maid of honour. I'm going to go with... Um, wow. So... My first instinct was Catherine of Aragon, but then it went to Catherine Parr, and now I'm going to say Anne of Cleves. And the re <laughs> I think I chose the res really responsible one, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, someone who would take the task in hand very seriously. So, um, I, you know what, I'm going to go with Anne of Cleves. Because I think she'd be very um, on top of things and do as she's told <laughs> and be very responsible. What about you, Estelle? Who would you love to have as your maid of honor? I would love to have Elizabeth I. I think that for someone who refused to marry for such a long time, uh, I would love to put her through that, you know, having to, to look after me and maybe, you know, Brazila kind of thing. I, I think she would have really, really enjoyed that. All right, Adrian, you're up. Who would you love? Oh, if I were to plan my wedding, I would want Catherine Carey to be my maid of honor because she was always so loyal and dedicated. She really was the perfect friend. And that's who you need standing next to you when you get married. If you could swap places with one historical figure, male or female, just for a day, who would it be? I'm going to go with Queen Victoria. The day she found out she was queen 
If I could swap places with any historical figure for one day, I would choose to swap places with Henry VIII on May 17th, 1536. And I would choose that day because I would put a stop to the execution of George Boleyn and the other men who died with him. And in doing so, also put an end to Anne Boleyn's execution. For one day, I think I would like to swap... With Catherine de' Medici, but like when she became queen, like the day where, well, when I say when she became queen, not queen concert, the day where she had, when she rose to power, the day where she told Diane de Poitiers, her biggest rival, person in terms of person, you know, personal rival, not not political rival, though she was also a political rival. But I think that the day when she told her, like, give me back. I think I would love to sew up, you know, with her in a day where she spent the whole day in Chenonceau because Chenonceau is my favorite castle of all times. Okay, Filippo, who do you think? I think it would have to be somebody in a position of power. Um, And I think I would have liked to possibly have been... um, Gosh, I I could either say the Queen or I could say um, a politician of some kind because you have the ability and the platform to be able to change things Um, so that sort of position of power I'd like to be in to make a difference to a huge number of people I think that would be um, that's always been a passion of mine because I'm quite um, a political activist in in lots of ways Um, so yeah, I'd like to think that um, doing something like that would that would positively affect um, society in a in a good way would would be an important thing for me. So somebody who had that the ability to do that. All right, now that you got to hear all of my friends answer these questions, it's now my turn. If I were to plan my wedding again, which historical figure would I have as my maid of honor and why? You know, the the first name that comes to mind for me immediately is Jane Boleyn, Lady Rochford. And the reason she comes to mind is because of her behavior um, with Catherine Howard when she was queen um, and how Lady Rochford just seemed to be there for her. Regardless of what she was asked to do, she just did it. So I think that was the perfect kind of person that you want as your maid of honor for your wedding. Okay, so if I could swap places with one historical figure, male or female, for a day, who would it be? And to me, that just seems like you guys already know my answer. Uh, Obviously, I would want to switch places with Thomas Seymour um, for a day. And of course, the first day that comes into mind for me is the 16th of January, 1549, um, when the alleged event at Hampton Court Palace happened um, where the king's dog was shot and killed. I would love to go back to that day to witness all the events of that day because it wasn't just that story that came out. There are other things that happened during that day that I think a lot of people forget about. So um, I think that would be a great day to go back to. So history has shaped or influenced me in so many ways. I I can't even count them all. But most importantly, history has shaped me because 
it helped me find something that I'm passionate about. It gave me a hobby, something that I had been searching for for many years. And I, I found this, this passion for history and it ties in with my past experience as a genealogist and it's all about solving a mystery and I think that's what keeps pulling me back in to this wonderful crazy world of history is wanting to solve all of these mysteries from the past and to me that's the most fun part so history has really given me joy a lot of joy not that I didn't have it in my life already but an added joy something that was my own and I've been able to meet so many amazing people from all over the world because of this passion for history that I have so thank you so much for listening to this episode all of the full answers from the guests today will eventually be put up on my YouTube channel so some of them ended up having to be a little bit shorter. I want you to hear their full answers, but for the sake of time on this podcast, I had to edit some of them down. So for their full answers, make sure that you go to my YouTube channel. It's just youtube.com slash Dynasty. Click subscribe so that you get notified every time I upload um, some new audio. So that will be where you can find this. Thank you again, you guys, so much for, for listening to the podcast. Thank you for celebrating episode 100 with me in the most unique way I could have considered doing it. Thank you. I'm Matt Lewis. I'm an author and historian, and I love the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. So subscribe, listen, learn, and enjoy. I would like to say that I truly love and support Tudor Dynasty podcast, and I hope you do too. I'm Leander Delisle. And I love the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. I am Nathan Amin, and I love the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. I'm Julie Montague, and I absolutely love the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. I'm Gareth Russell, and I love the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. I'm Tony Riches, and I love listening to the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. I'm Nicola Cornick, and I love the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. I'm Heather Darcy, and I just love the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. Hi, I'm Christine Morgan, and I love the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. I'm Michelle Chandler, and I love the Tudor Dynasty podcast. I am Janet Wortman, and I absolutely adore the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. I'm Tracy Borman, and I love the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. I'm Carol Ann Lloyd, and I love listening to the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. It brings history alive. It takes me back in time. And some of my happiest moments are listening to Tudor's Dynasty. And that concludes this episode of the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. Don't want to miss an episode? Be sure to subscribe or follow wherever you listen. Follow me on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as YouTube. Thank you so much for listening.